Number two, you have to take inventory. And you know this in your own personal struggles, and so do I mine. I'm talking about real inventory, not like I'm all right, I'm all right. No, real inventory, real assessment. And that inventory may be by even getting other people's insight of where you really are. I'm going to tell you the truth. I'm not a guy who loves to take blood tests and then they say, we're going to check everything. Yeah. Because that always freaks me out slightly. They, they can come back and say, there's a little something wrong with this area. Okay. But that's taking inventory. So I, I do a lot of testing on myself because I need to be healthy to, to do what I do. You got to partner with the right people. Mm. So the cool thing about living today is that we can watch like your podcast and partner with you. And you're going to teach us a lot on adversity and other things that you teach on. Okay. So you can partner with the right people without even knowing them. I'm Doug Bopes, personal trainer, best-selling author and entrepreneur. And I'm on a mission to help others become the best version of themselves. So I'd like to welcome you to the Adversity Advantage podcast, where we will help you use obstacles, failures, and setbacks to give you that edge needed for success. I'll be interviewing people from all walks of life on how they overcame trials and turned them into triumphs. So please sit back, relax, and get ready to be absolutely blown away by some of the wisdom and stories you're about to hear. Welcome back to another episode of the Adversity Advantage. I'm your host, Doug Bobst. And more often than not, what holds you back isn't the obstacle or setback itself. It's the lack of belief in yourself to overcome it. And with that said, this podcast is going to give you the exact steps needed to get you through hard times, develop belief and confidence in yourself, and create the ultimate comeback. My guest today is Tim Story. Tim is an author, he's a pastor, he's a speaker, and a renowned life coach, and is known for inspiring and motivating people from all walks of life. In the course of his 30 years as the quote-unquote comeback coach, Tim has helped countless people, including well-known creators like Robert Downey Jr., Kanye West, Quincy Jones, and so many more. Today, we discuss things like how to develop a miracle mentality so that you can get through the toughest of times and achieve anything you want in life. We talk about what you can do to help yourself when you are spiraling downward and not exacerbate the situation. Tim shares the importance of having well-defined principles and a purpose, as well as the role they play in helping you get through life's challenges. Our conversation also takes a deep dive into the topic of one's inner circle and what to do with those people that no longer add value to your life. Essentially, this episode contains a wonderful combination of motivation, inspiration, and game-changing advice to help you use adversity to your advantage and become your best self. So let's get this conversation going and welcome Tim Story to the Adversity Advantage podcast. Tim Story, the comeback coach himself. Welcome to the Adversity Advantage podcast. Doug, good to see you. I like your look. I like your scruff. You're, <laughs> happening. You. You're a happening guy. I know, and I appreciate the kind words, and so are you. And you've been on this book tour. Your book, The Miracle Mentality, has done so well already. You've been on this crazy podcast tour. You've been on Clubhouse. You've been doing a lot of media. But what I wanted to ask you to get this conversation started is you're a man of faith. You're a Christian. You're a pastor. You're a believer. And I think people who have faith, they struggle at times when things get really good. They, they think things are going to keep going good and going good, and they get very prideful, they get cocky, and then something humbles them out a little bit. And I think what also happens is when things are bad, 
they lose faith because they get in that fear cycle and they're like, are things going to stay this way? Is God going to get me through it? Am I going to be able to see the light? And they get stuck. So what I wanted to ask you is during this massive book tour you're on and just getting all this attention and having all this success, how do you stay grounded and, and maintain your faith like during all of this? I think for me that there's a difference between organized religion and then a, a true relationship with God. And that even though I was brought to church, Doug, at four years of age, I, I was more drawn to knowing God than I was to like being part of a religious club. So I feel that's always been my thing. And there's a scripture in the Bible that says, it's, it's Jeremiah 9.23. It says, let not the rich man glory that he's rich or the mighty man boast that he's mighty. But if you're going to talk about anything God says that you want to get happy about, that you understand and know me. And so from the onset, I just wanted to know God and understand God and be connected to God. And so I said, I think by being a connector to God, that his attributes became even stronger on me. And part of that is just to realize that I do things through God and in God, and it's not about Tim's story. Yeah, I, I think that's an, a really important point to make because I think a lot of times what's happened in this world as organized religion has grown is people separate the two and they don't think that the way you carry yourself and the way you act is part of being a Christian or being a Buddhist or whatever the case may be. A lot of people, they just go to church on Sunday, check the box, and then during the week, they forget about it. Yeah. But what I respect a lot about you is you're so authentic and it's a walk for you. It's a journey. And yes. you love people no matter who they are. You don't judge. You're just super positive about who you are. And I think it's because you've developed this miracle mentality through the years to get through so many hard times. If you think about how you grew up in LA, then you go on to, to be a pastor and then you evolve through that and you're constantly changing your identity. You become yeah. a world renowned life coach and then a TV deal goes sideways. And then yes. here you are a after that with this new book during the, a pandemic. And you're like, man, like if I have this crappy mindset, my life is going to be crappy. But if I embrace this miracle mentality and imagine how much success, achievement and fulfillment I'm going to have, things are going to happen the way they're supposed. To. I like how you say that. So if you don't mind, I'll break it down into like words. So I think number one, I'm writing it down. We, we all have a purpose. So yep. We have a purpose and, and truly. But here's what's powerful. I think you'll get this. I believe the purpose was downloaded into us when we were children whether you want to call that from God or the universe, but somehow the purpose was downloaded because one of the things that I did is I interviewed famous people's mothers. So I talked to Brad Pitt's mother, who I know, and I talked about what Brad wanted to do when he was little. And it's everything he's doing now. So I asked Robert Downey Jr. because you know Robert's my boy. And I said to Robert's mother, what did Robert want to do? It's what he's doing now. Kanye West's mother. It's what Kanye is doing now. But it's an interesting. She said, designer. And this was before the Yeezy thing hit. That's the thing that's made him a billionaire is right. the shoe side. Then I asked Katy Perry's parents, who are my great friends, and everything she's doing now. So I believe that the purpose for your life and my life has been downloaded. Okay? So the purpose is downloaded. Now, secondly, 
you have a purpose, but then you got to figure out your principles. Like, what are going to be my principle? Is it from Jeff Bezos? Is it from Malcolm Gladwell? Is it from Grant Cardone? Mm. Is it from whom? Mother Teresa? So where do I get my principles, which is your guidelines, okay? So you purpose your principles, but here's where people kind of mess up. The problem stage. Yeah. The problems are an obstacle, a dilemma, a fight, a struggle. The problem stage is where I see a lot of people fumble their principles and they just get a little bit jacked up. You've seen that too, right? Yeah. Yeah. And the main reason of the show, The Adversity Advantage, is because I don't believe it's the problem or the adversity that breaks us. It's the fumble of our principles and how we respond that breaks us, right? You think, yeah, you think of adversity as a golf ball size problem. And if we turn to drugs, we cheat on our spouse, alcohol, gamble, spend a bunch of money, you name it, that golf ball size problem becomes a bowling ball size problem. And now we're left to face with all these new adversities and problems yes. as a result of everything. I know there's like, you talk about the three phases in your new book, The Miracle Mentality. You talk about mundane, you talk about messy, you talk about madness. So what I wanted to ask you is, I know I want to stay on this miracle mentality subject. Is um, Say somebody's in that phase where they're either feeling messy or they're feeling problematic and just their life is beginning to fall apart, but not completely fell apart. Yes. Like how can somebody embrace that miracle mentality? What steps can they take so that it doesn't fall, it doesn't turn into this full on madness stage? Okay. So number one, just like purpose was installed in you since you were born, I believe that the miracle mentality was installed in you. It, 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 It comes with the package being us humans. And so a lot of psychologists have found that children in their imagination, as it just goes to amazing levels. That's why they create imaginary friends. Okay. You ask a little girl, what are you? I'm a princess. I was at a, a lady's house not too long ago. She's a celebrity and her daughter was dressed as a princess. And I said, how often does she do this? She says about every day. Okay. And when little boys are playing with a an action figure, it's Spider-Man, Superman, Batman. It's something that's superific. So uh, the miracle mentality, I believe, is installed in you. But then I think what happens is that you start to rise up in that miracle mentality of visions, dreams, how you see your life. And so all of a sudden, it starts to get uh, contention where people begin to challenge that. Doug, get real. Like you you could say to a friend, like, I'm going to, Doug, hey, Doug, dude, get real. Remember that saying? Okay. So that could come from your mother, your father, a tutor, a religious group, a boyfriend, a girlfriend. Okay. So you have this intention and then comes the contention of, of get real. So that's where I think you have to then realize that I'm supposed to have this miracle mentality. So we got to break down quickly what a miracle is. It's something supernatural, extraordinary, uncommon, not normal, and not regular. So I believe that Doug was created as a child to be, think, and do miraculous things. Yeah, amen to that. 
And I think what tends to happen is just as a byproduct of maybe some stuff that happened when we were younger or the way that our perception of ourselves becomes hijacked based on lies that other people have told us that we begin to believe through the years. Yeah. We start to think of ourselves as a failure or somebody that's not going to achieve great things or somebody that's going to continue to stay in ruts. And the reality is having that mindset is only going to get you in more ruts. But I think developing that sense of awareness and just knowing that, okay, take the pause like practice it and just know that you're right where you're supposed to be. And you don't have to find your purpose. Like your purpose is within you already is what I'm hearing you say. And then having this faith, and this is where faith to me is so important. And it's not even a religious faith. It's the, the miracle mentality, if you will, is even though you're in that time of darkness or uncertainty and you have no idea what's in front of you, you just have this belief within yourself that if you keep putting one foot in front of the other, even though you can't see in front of you, that light will come, that success will come, that a miracle will come, even though you can't see it, but you believe it's going to be there. Yeah, no doubt about it. So whether somebody adheres to the Muslim faith or Scientology or Kabbalah or just meditation or agnostic or atheist or Christian, something that I find with people that I deal with, okay, usually there was an initial feeling of I'm supposed to live a miraculous life. Then there's some kind of contention that I call a life interruption. It could be, again, their parents, the way they were, could be molestation, it could be an illness when they were young, but some type of contention that there's a life interruption that starts to disrupt how they were thinking. So I find that they go from this miracle thinking to now they are in the mundane. The mundane is the status quo, the regular, let's just barely get by. Now, I'm not talking about mundane actions. Mundane actions are taking out the trash, doing the dishes. Those are mundane actions. But I'm talking about my mundane mindset. So the mundane mindset is just, let me just stay regular. I'm just going to stay in the shadows. Does that make sense? Yeah. There's a lot of people just like living in the shadows. And then they barely go, thank God it's Friday, but not really. They're in the shadows. So you have the mundane. But I think right when people think that mundane is bad enough, like my life sucks, in comes messes. And sometimes messes don't text you and tell you they're coming. They just knock on your door and have a key. They knock first sometimes, and sometimes they just break in with the key. But these messes enter our lives. It could be, again, relationships. A lot of people I coach, it's relationship problems. It's addiction problems. It's money problems. It's headspace problems. So life gets messy. Now, the messier your space becomes, the less room you have for how you started with this miracle mentality. Now, all these studies, because I've been researching this subject for probably 30 years, and there's a fact that kids love to play. So a kid will wake up in the morning, a young one, and say, can I play? They don't even ask sometimes. They just go towards a game they want to do or a device they're going to get on. They play. Or when they now start kindergarten, okay, I'm in kindergarten, but can I play? But first you got to do your homework, but then can I play? But then you got to eat, but then can I play? When we are in the messy, we're not looking so much for the miraculous. Mm. Almost done. We're not there yet. Mundane, messy, madness. Whoa. You've been in the madness. 
I've been in the madness. We're not really tapped into the creative side of ourselves. It's true. And I think we almost self-sabotage, if you will, when things are mundane, if things are, we feel stuck. Oh my gosh, this isn't moving this way. Or I'm just too scared to take a step to get help with my addiction. I'm too scared to step away from this relationship. I'm too scared to leave my job and pursue something that I want to do. And then things become messy around you because I feel like you're not doing what you're intended to do. You're not following your purpose or what happened. When I say purpose, you're not following like where you're supposed to go and evolve as a yes. person. You're not taking a chance on yourself and having that faith and belief in the miracle that could come as a result of it. And then the messes start to happen. And then we're so caught up in the mess itself. We don't focus on the solution. Super and, good. And, Super we, good. And, we, and our mess then turns to madness. So what are some, some practical steps other than just knowing that you have the purpose with inside of you, not forgetting where you came from, that if somebody is triggered and in that fight or flight mess and they're almost in that madness phase to really begin to embrace that miracle mentality when they're in the thick of it? So this is what I've become known for and why they begin to call me the comeback coach to the stars since 1992 is a system that I created with my mentor, Dr. Helen Mendez, African-American lady who's now in heaven, but she used to teach at USC and she's just brilliant. And so we worked on this concept together probably for about three years. And she's no joke, that lady. I used to throw out some ideas and she'd go, I don't like it. She was very honest. But what I have found is that when you start to become a discount version of yourself, and that's a strong, cool phrase, you've put your life on discount, you know, that number one, these are the steps Helen Mendes and I came up with is you have to become awake. And you go, Tim, that's so easy. No, not always. I know a lot of people that have been sleepwalking through a decade. Like they, go, they went through a divorce and now they're sleepwalking through a decade. So number yeah. one, you have to become awake. Number two, you have to take inventory. And you know this in your own personal struggles and so do I mine. I'm talking about real inventory. Not like I'm all right, I'm all right. No, real inventory, real assessment. And that inventory may be by even getting other people's insight of where you really are. I'm going to tell you the truth. I'm not a guy who loves to take blood tests and then they say, we're going to check everything. Yeah. Because that always freaks me out slightly. They, they can come back and say, there's a little something wrong with this area. Okay. But that's taking inventory. So I, I do a lot of testing on myself because I need to be healthy to, to do what I do. Okay. So you become awake. Secondly, take inventory. Thirdly, Watch this. You got to partner with the right people. Mm. So the cool thing about living today is that we can watch like your podcast and partner with you. And you're going to teach us a lot on adversity and other things that you teach on. Okay. So you can partner with the right people without even knowing them. Like I've never met Richard Branson, but I've watched a lot of his interviews and I've read two of his books. Make sense? Yep. So you can partner with the right people is number three. Number four, as we started earlier, could have the right principles, okay? So that's like your pattern for living. And then from the principles, you come up with the right plan. Do not try to come up with the right plan unless you have the right partners in your life and the right principles, or you're gonna come up with something very whack. 
And we've all heard that from people that were in a bad place and they came up with a really whack plan. Yeah, because I think so many people want to solve long-term problems with short-term solutions, like instantaneously like that. They just want want it to go away as fast as they can. But sometimes the biggest blessings, sometimes the biggest lessons, sometimes the biggest miracles come in the storms. You meet the people that you need to meet to get to the next level. You learn the lessons that you needed to learn so you can grow as a person. You maybe are inspired to take your health back. You end up moving to a different state to start over, whatever it is. But so many times we run away from that storm and we, we don't give it enough time for something magical to transpire. And I've seen that in my own life. I'm sure you've seen it in your life where we want problems to go away as fast as they can. And you look back sometimes, why wasn't I more patient during those times? Why did I just wait for something to come? Because yes. a lot of times what happens is you look back and you're like, I probably should have taken more time to make a decision before making the decision that I did. Yes. And you've obviously been there in your yeah. life before. So you had to become awake and then you had to take inventory. And that hurts sometimes to get real with yourself. And then partnering with the right people and then the principles And then from the principles and the partnership, I think the plan just starts to unfold. Yeah. And rather than, man, I got to come up with some, when I'm rolling with the right people, man, I I come up with some really good stuff. Yeah. And I think that's, that's what, what tends to happen. I talk about a lot on the show and in my content, like that inner circle is everything. You got to surround yourself with people who bring the best out and you unconditionally. And that means people who check you when they, when you're not doing your best, when you're not doing great like making sure yeah. that you're being held accountable. And I often always also say that have p- people around you that have common futures and not common past. Surround yourself with people that are going the same direction or have been the same direction that you want to go so you can learn from them. You become like a sponge. Also. You almost become like a sponge. And I think maybe some people might be listening to this and might be getting a little intimidated. And they're like, man, does this mean that I have to do this every single time? I think yes, but also the more you do anything, the easier it becomes. So it's going to become like, just like anything, it's going to become a habit. You're going to wire your brain that when you hit a problem, like, boom, got to do this, boom, got to do that. And it just becomes your new normal. Doug, you are so good that I'm writing stuff and, <laughs> and people don't realize, look at this just on my desk right now. Okay. So I got principles that I've read, Ray Dalio. I got Think and Grow Rich that I've read probably seven times. John Maxwell. Put your dream to the test. Jocko, all those books, I'm a reading machine, okay? I'm an information junkie, okay? Here's another guy. This guy's good too. So I'm reading all these books, and you're blowing me away today because you said something super cool about not just people that have a common past, but a common future. And I think many times what, we, what happens to us what I see with a lot of people that I life coach, yeah. especially rappers and athletes, mm-hmm. for some reason, they think they got to bring their posse with them all the way through the deal. Yeah. Okay. And a lot of times the people that bring it around them are really messing them up because they have not gone through this process of becoming awake inventory yeah. and then reaching for the right people and partners, and then finding the right plan. So they have not really purified their mind to the point that they want to have a miracle mentality. And man, you could have the guy that's like the head guy, like the head athlete or the head uh, musician, 
but you'll see his friends just yanking him down. Yeah, so that was good insight. Well, it's like the old analogy with the, with the crab and the boiling pot of water. Like what happens when the one crab tries to leave the boiling pot of crabs? The other crabs try to bring him down. And I think, like I've said this, like your inner circle can either lift you up or tear you down. If you're hanging out with 10 people that are focused on setting and achieving goals, purpose-driven, bettering the world, they're focused on bettering themselves, have a sense of spirituality, they're kind to others, you're going to become that person. But yes. if you're hanging out with 10 people that are negative, they're pessimistic, they're judging others or talking down, like eventually, maybe not right away, but you'll become like those people. And I think that a lot of times, especially in my life, this when I had to you know, let go of some old friends that I was getting high with and running around with back in the day, there was a sense of shame saying, man, like I hung out with them for five years, 10 years. We went to a lot of parties together. We had a lot of memories and those memories will always still be there. Yes. But I think what people need to remember is you didn't outgrow your friends. They chose not to evolve with you. And when you can adopt that mindset and just know that we all have choices in life, like you're growing in your direction. And if people want to be around you, then they can choose to grow and do into the, doing the same things that you do. And if not, it's okay to, to let those people go. Yes. Yeah, it, it, it is. And it's if hard. I could just say this, that, and I like what we just did with those principles. So yeah, if, yeah. if you guys, uh, you're all you that are watching, I think those principles that, that Doug and I just went through can help you about becoming awake and all the things that we said. But let's go to this last thing that you said. Can you frame that again for me? Because I was going to give you an idea. The last point that you just made. About people that they chose not to evolve with you? Yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah I was so sure. I think what happens, Doug, is that there's three levels of connection. And yeah. this I worked out with Helen Mendez as well. That through the front door is the casual acquaintance that we meet like on Clubhouse. Oh my God, dude, you do that? I do that. DM me, dude. <laughs> it's like being one of the dude group. Okay. So that's your casual acquaintance. Like you like the Red Sox. I like the Boston Sox. Okay. That's this casual. The second is the intimate. The intimate is very difficult at times because intimate means intimate. Like to be raised in a family, that's intimate. Your mother, your father, if you have brothers or sisters, and then you got to have these cousins and some you get along with, some don't really vibe with you. But an even intimate could be high school. There was a lot of intimacy there. It could be college, intimate. But the thing that's cool is that there's a third level that I call the invited guest area where you don't have to bring everybody in there. Hmm. You can keep them in the first two levels. The invited guest is the green room. Have you ever gone somewhere where you went into the quote unquote green room? Yep. Okay. All right. You don't have to describe who is there or unless you want to, but in most green rooms, if they're good. Okay. So let's take this. So I'm with Robert Downey. And we go to the Tonight Show when Jay Leno is hosting it, okay? So you go back to the green room. It's me, Downey, and a guy named Brent Bolthouse. And so we just roll in there. And Leno comes in. He's got all jeans on. He's just dialoguing with us. And I'm excited because they had good food in there. I don't know if they did it for everybody, but Downey's Downey. I'm enjoying the green room experience. Now, there are other people that want to get into that green room because of who's in there. But then there was somebody outside that's saying, 
Uh, no, he's not taking people right now. No, no, he's not taking people. No matter who's in that green room, you have the choice not to let everybody in. You agree with this? Yeah, 100%. Okay. I think you and me have obviously let some people in our green room that we're never supposed to get in there. Yeah. And when you get into those inner places of our being, that's when people start to tamper with your mentality, your mindset. Because your mindset, you could tell Tim's story. Dude, Tim, in three years, I'm telling you, I just feel like I'm just going to just take off. I would believe you because I'm in the business of seeing it happen all the time. This is good. It's great. You tell the wrong guy that in your green room will throw you off. Yeah. We're so conditioned to listening to other people's opinions. It's just as human nature, right? If you look at social media, you look at just uh, Facebook, Clubhouse, the news, that it's almost become ingrained in us that other people's opinions matter more than our own sometimes. And because what tends to happen when you're in that green room with somebody who maybe doesn't jive the same path as you, they end up trying to tear you down or saying, ah, you're never going to get there. That's absurd. And then you start second guessing yourself. You're like, maybe it is absurd. Maybe it is too big. Maybe I'm doing something wrong. And then that's what keeps people in the mundane, in the messy, and eventually in the madness. And sometimes the madness might not be something crazy traumatic that can happen. It could be just this madness of staying in a place that they know they don't want to be in any longer. Okay, you said that perfect. In a job you don't want to be in? Yeah. In a relationship? I know I know a lot of men. Let's talk outside of marriage so we yeah. don't look like we're breaking up marriages today. Let's talk about just people in relationships. I know a lot of men that stay with women that they're both driving each other crazy and they give me reason for why they're staying that they'll, they're not really wise. But I know a lot of women that stay with men for similar reasons. And what happens is that you've invited that person into your green room. And that is like a lot of intimacy that goes on in that inner green room. Let me give an example. And when I say these names, it's just part of my life of what I've been doing for since I was in my 20s. But Quincy Jones told me a story that Thriller would never have sounded like Thriller unless him and Michael had these tough conversations. Okay. So Billy Jean was never going to be Billy Jean. It was just done, 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 done. The lyrics were completely different. Quincy said to Michael, I'm not feeling those lyrics. And Quincy showed me the lyrics himself of what some of the other lyrics were. And it would have never been the same hit. I'm telling you now. Because they were in that green room and they trusted each other with Thriller, it is one of the highest selling albums of all time. Because they were in that inner green room of trust. Let's go there for a minute. And collaboration. See, I like you already. If we got into the inner green room and we both decided to eat lunch at the Soho House in L.A., because I think that's the cooler one right now, not the one in on Sunset. So let's go to the Soho House, L.A., and we sat there and we talked for three hours. Not only is there going to be a connection of the mind and the soul and the miracle mentality, it's good, right? Yeah. We would start dialoguing as men, like, yeah, man, Tim, I'm working through this, too. Then, I guarantee you, we would start collaborating. Okay. That's what Quincy and Michael did in the green room. 
I feel like a lot of people are missing miracle collaboration because they got the wrong people in the green room. Yeah, I think they have the wrong people in the green room. And I think people are afraid to trust themselves and open up and be vulnerable because I think that's like the second part of it is being able to admit if they're struggling. It's one of your steps, right? It's one of your principles. If you're struggling or having a hard time reaching out to somebody, because yes. right? we, we tend to close off because you're like, are they going to judge me? Or is me opening up and sharing that I have a problem? Does that make me less of a person? Like whatever the case may be. And then what happens is you're not able to build that deep, meaningful connection. If you and I are at the Soho house and you and I are talking about business, talking about life and we're pushing each other, and then we maybe ask somebody, we maybe ask a question like, what's holding you back? And you open up and share something that maybe you're struggling with yes. that I can maybe hold space for you and show some compassion and maybe give you some feedback. And then I open up as we're getting into my stuff and you're like, what's holding you back? And I share from the heart of something that I've been struggling with. Then we can build some connection. We build trust because now what we've done is we don't think we're better than each other. We're just two men breaking bread at a table, trying yes. to help people in an authentic and compelling way. That's so powerful. And, and for all you ladies that love to watch Doug, just because he's handsome, <laughs> this goes for you too. Yeah. Yeah, because a, a lot of women that I coach and talk to, they're going through it, but at, even at a deeper level sometimes because of the jealousy of, of another person, et cetera. But if I could just shift things a little bit and, and on this miracle mentality thing. Yeah. One thing that I'm excited about is the miracle mentality book has become literally like a movement. And Grant Cardone, we were dialoguing one day and he goes, hey, you want to go on Clubhouse and I'm going to throw you a party for your book coming out. And so we did it on a Sunday night. The book was not going to be released till Tuesday. And you may have heard about this because everyone's yeah. talking about it. It just went crazy. Like people were saying, first, they were saying, I'm going to buy five. And then someone else would say, I'm going to buy 10. And then it started up into, I'm going to buy a hundred. I'm going to buy a hundred. I'm going to buy a hundred. Then another guy goes, I'm going to buy a thousand. Dude, who's buying a thousand books at a time? Yeah, I don't know. Okay. Then it went, then it went to 2,500. Okay. And it continues to flow. We just got an order two days ago for another 500 books and the rumor has that there's one guy that's going to buy like a crazy amount now now why is that because we're in the middle of a doggone pandemic we're not going to do justice we're not going to break out in power with a mundane mentality or a messy mentality or a madness mentality but we will break out with a miracle mentality so I, I'm saying, and I think one reason it sounds so well, again, I'm saying this is an essential book. Like, I'm no dummy. I don't want to live a normal life. Yes. So the miracle mentality is a movement. And I'm excited that you like it. And I'm excited that people are gravitating to it and, and getting results. Yeah. Because I think what happens is when we hit these tough situations, people they tend to feel negative. And we know that you have to feel optimistic and have that miracle mentality to get through hard times. doesn't mean the situation in itself is positive. Like sometimes when you get fired from a job, that's not positive. Or when you go through a, a bad breakup, that's not positive. But what counts is that you have to be positive in response to it in order to see that miracle. Again, being positive about the situation 
doesn't guarantee you success, achievement, fulfillment. It just doesn't. Life happens. Yes. But the prior being negative guarantees you that you're not going to have success. So why not adopt the miracle mentality? Be optimistic. Know that you can achieve great things, even though you can't see it in front of you. And I encourage everyone to go out and buy Tim's new book. You're going to get a lot out of it. It's going to shift your perspective on a lot of things as he opens up. That perfectly. Like some things, when people say something I want to add. Yeah. Doug, you're on fire. I'm not even going to try to add to that. This is my wheelhouse, man. Like when I heard, like when I heard that you were like the comeback coach, you help people turn setbacks into comebacks. That's my thing too. I love you're it good. so much. You're and- good, dude. I, I couldn't even like, if, if Kanye was in the studio, sometimes when I'd be in there, Pharrell would roll through or Will I Am or a lot of people. And they would say, yay, you ought to consider doing that or putting Timbaland in here. Dude, I'm not even doing that to some of your stuff because you're spitting such good magic today. I'm just like going, okay, I'm just going to back off. Doug, do you mind if I show the book? Yeah, I have it right here. So this is the book. So I'm very happy about this. Look at that. I'm excited about this, man. You know what? I'm going to kiss it because it's changing people's lives. And you should see all the endorsements, which I won't read, but all the amazing people that have endorsed that book. But I kiss it because sometimes all it takes is one freaking conversation to change your life. Yeah. And that book is a lot of conversations. It's a lot of my pain. I tell the story about my dad that we won't talk about today. I tell the story about losing my brother to addiction. Mm. I talk about feeling like crap and not wanting to rise back up. And so I think that you will find all of you to get this and buy this for someone else as well, that you will find like, holy schmoly, man, this guy is somehow, he is connecting with me. Yes. And I think you all will find that. I find that, Tim, there's something about you that people just, again, they just gravitate towards you. I think it's, you're obviously you're a man of faith. I think it's your humility. I think you've been through a lot. I think you are open to share, to help other people. You're very charismatic, you're positive, and you're just to the point. You have a method of how to help people out of ruts that you've been using for quite a long time that I think it, it draws people in. And that's why I think- But, the but thank you. But yeah. the thing is, I, and I'll close with this, that I just think I'm one piece of the puzzle. Mm. Like I, I had this cousin Esther and she was 12 and I was nine. She used to like to do these puzzles and we'd listen to Motown records. And she had this puzzle And we would do this probably like every two weeks when we go to her her house and she would buy these puzzles and then she'd save them. And we were working on this puzzle for about three hours while we're listening to Stevie Wonder and Smokey Robinson and Diana Ross and everybody else. And man, Doug, two pieces of the puzzle were missing. And, and my cousin Esther did not lose them because she was so anal and she's, Oh, now I got to do it again. She was young. She knew what to do. I got to write the company, send it back. They're going to send me a new puzzle. Then I got to start again. It wasn't her fault. It was the people, the manufacturer that put the pieces in the box that forgot the two pieces. What I have found, I'm just a piece of the puzzle. Yeah. I'm not the whole freaking puzzle. I'm not even saying I'm the greatest piece, but I play my role. Okay. But I need Doug. I need you to be the piece of the puzzle that you are. That's why I was able to take all these notes and take them from you. I'm going to, I'm going to say, as I was just coming up with the other day, in one of my speeches, I'll quote you. 
use whatever you want. But I think what just to finish off what you were saying is to relate it back and bring it all back together is you're a piece of my puzzle. I'm a piece of your puzzle. We all have different pieces in our puzzle that make our life work, but we're in charge of putting all those pieces together. Ooh, Doug, <laughs> come on, man. You got You're like a rapper. You're, dude, I'm not going to name drop the rappers I've always been, but you just took it to another level. <laughs> it just comes to me, man. I don't know. I, maybe it's just the... The vibe. I, almost want to, I almost want to drop this. <laughs> but any, Tim, this has been incredible. It's been amazing. I knew this conversation would, would go very well just because of, of your energy and what you bring to the table and how much I appreciate everything you're doing. Once again, folks, uh, please go out and buy Tim's book, The Miracle Mentality, wherever you buy or listen to your books. I think you're going to get a lot out of it. It's going to make an impact in your life. And the only other thing that we ask is always, If you liked the episode, if you got something out of it, take a screenshot, tag myself, tag Tim at Tim Story, S-T-O-R-E-Y, official on Instagram. Tag myself at Doug Bopes with a takeaway or one of the the lessons that you learned that you're going to apply to your life today. And we once again, thank you for listening to this episode of The Adversity Advantage. I'm your host, Doug Bopes, and we'll see you next time.